Hi all, and welcome to our first episode on our professional perspective series of What Cause Inspires You. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and today I have with me Donna Hughes. What Cause Inspires You is a podcast founded for students ages 13 to 21 to be able to share their service they are doing in their communities. We recently launched our professional perspective series in order for experts in their field to give insight to our youth about how to make a stronger impact and accelerate social justice movements. Today, we have with us Ms. Donna Hughes. Donna is an award-winning negotiator and founder of Launch Negotiation, who's passionate about empowering others to harness their innate negotiation potential. Drawing upon a decade of interdisciplinary experience from roles held across Europe and North America as chartered global management accountant, supply chain manager, and operations manager, Donna inspires workshop participants with her passionate and energizing and empowering approach to negotiations. The podcast will be available on Spotify and YouTube under Humanity Rising Voices. All right then, Donna, are you ready? I certainly am. Let's get started. So first, how do you define negotiation? That is a fantastic question because often the way we define negotiation is based on the media portrayal. So for a lot of us, when we think of negotiation, we default to salary negotiations or house negotiations, these really high stake conversations. But in reality, all negotiation is, is a conversation aimed at reaching an agreement. So this could be a conversation with a sibling in terms of how you're going to split the household chores. It could be a conversation with a parent in terms of who's going to drive you or take you to you know, the cinema tonight. It could be a real low stakes conversation. Now, the reason I always encourage people to think differently about negotiation, to think a bit more broadly, is for a lot of people, negotiation is really far outside their comfort zone. So if you can start to normalize it and recognize that almost every conversation you're having is a conversation aimed at reaching an agreement and therefore is a negotiation, you can start to kind of cultivate your confidence and your competence at negotiating. So then when you do go forward for these really high stake conversations, the salary negotiations, the house negotiations, you've got the confidence because you've been doing it every single day. Yeah, and I love how you define negotiation as towards an agreement. I think that's a part that's often overlooked um, when we think negotiation in today's day and age, we think political debates um, and those don't always reach an agreement. So I think that's really important for people to hear. Exactly. Never uh, Google negotiator. Never Google it. The images are horrific. <laughs> it's always huge and beautiful people. But what I'm trying to help people see is that whether you realize it or not, you are a negotiator. What you're doing every yeah. single day, the conversations you're having, they're negotiations. And the sooner you can kind of tap into that superpower, the sooner you can start to get the life that you deserve, whether it's work-life balance or salary negotiations, you can really harness negotiation in your life. Yeah, and I think that makes perfect sense. You did mention a few types of negotiations, but what are some examples in our daily life? I think that's a great question. So again, the reason, you know, bring it down to how it impacts your life. So we all wear a number of different hats. You might be a leader like yourself, Alicia. Uh, you could be a podcast host. You could be a friend, a sister. There's so many different roles that we hold. And within those roles, we're having different conversations. And those conversations are often negotiations. So it could be negotiating, you know, if you're, if you're renting a property out, it could be negotiating with your landlord the cost of your rent. Or if you've got a mobile phone or a cell phone, it could be negotiating an early upgrade before your contract finishes. Um, if you've 
got a pet it could even be negotiating with friends or family when you go away on holiday post covid um who's going to look after that that pet so it can be really any conversation that you're having where you're trying to reach an agreement with the other person it doesn't have to be a financial conversation it doesn't have to be a high stakes conversation it's just where you're trying to reach an agreement with another person yeah and we keep kind of touching upon this idea of an agreement but unfortunately Fortunately, a lot of people have a negative connotation against negotiations. So can you tell our audience why it's so important to actually be a negotiator? Absolutely. So I'm really glad you touched on that because when I say I teach negotiation, most people, their stomachs churn. It's a horrible connotation that comes to mind. And the reason is, again, going back to the media portrayal, if you type negotiator into Google, you'll see the same type of negotiator, this very dominant, overly aggressive um, negotiator that's purely focused on money or a political environment. But negotiation is everything. It's all different aspects of our lives. And so when we negotiate, it's really about building relationships. Now, Going back to theory, you know, decades ago, the most dominant approach of a negotiator would be that you had to be aggressive and you had to be very hard bargaining. So mm -hmm. I always like to think of a garage sale example where, you know, you're meeting that person. It's a one off interaction and you go in with an absolutely ridiculous offer on one of their family heirlooms. You can get away with it because you're never seeing that person again. And hey, they might give you it for 50p, even if it's or 50 cents, even if it's priced at, you know, a hundred dollars chances are it's not going to work but it's a one-off relationship you're going to run that risk when it comes to our day-to-day -day relationships when it comes to the longer term ones you can't operate with that type of strategy because these people are in your life more than those five minutes and so you have to approach it more from a collaborative standpoint and by collaborative i mean not just looking at it as a win-lose situation but actually looking at how you can add value to the relationship how you can cultivate a solution that's going to add value for both of you and so that's something that i think is really important for a lot of people to reassess how they think about negotiation is that actually from their own experience or is it just what they've seen in the films um, one of my favorite examples is an episode of friends where chandler is going to get a ring for monica i'm showing my age here <laughs> and uh, Phoebe goes into the jewelers with him and Chandler makes it very clear that is the absolute ring that he needs to, to engage to Monica. And, you know, they, they ask how much the, the ring was. I think it was around, you know, $9,000. And Phoebe counters with, will you take $10? And, you know, again, that's a ridiculous situation, but it's that extreme, you know, that's the portrayal. You're just going in with a really ridiculous price. But negotiation really isn't about that. Um, when we're looking at negotiation from a collaborative lens, it's taking time to understand what's important to the other person, the other side of the table. It's taking time to listen to their needs and creating a solution that works for both of you. And so to do that, it's often where you have to go beyond just money. You look at all the variables that could add to it. So, you know, why it's so important to negotiate is you don't get what you don't ask for. And so if you imagine all these opportunities in our lives on a daily basis where we're negotiating, if we don't recognize them as negotiable, we're leaving so much value on the table. Now, that might just be a salary negotiation might be the first thing that comes to mind. Even when you first graduate, even when you're coming from high school or first from university, it is so important to negotiate. Now, you might just feel grateful to get that job offer. But what I'd encourage you to do is think about the employer's perspective, especially nowadays. Thousands of candidates are going for that role. So if you've got to the stage where they're making you the offer, 
you are an impressive candidate to say the least you know they've already invested the time and resources and chosen you are the perfect fit for the company so you actually have a lot more bargaining power than you might realize and you know over the course of a lifetime it's estimated that by not negotiating our salary we can forfeit up to a million dollars over the wow. course of our careers so it's really really important that yeah, yeah. Yeah, that not only need you negotiate, but you encourage the other people in your life to as well. So when they're going for a job, say, fantastic, did you negotiate? Or how are you going to negotiate? Make it the norm and recognize that on a daily basis, these casual conversations we're having, if you can practice your negotiation skills, that's going to get you that million dollars over the course of your career by just going out there, asking for the opportunities. And again, considering the other person's perspective and making sure you're really putting your, your best foot forward. Yeah, I think you mentioned a really great point about asking for your opportunities. A lot of times we're scared to ask for that or we think it's impolite or we're not too sure exactly how to approach that situation. And I think if we were taught that at a younger age, that it does not have to be aggressive, but you should know your worth and you should know how to ask for things respectfully, then we're going to reach our full potential. Um, it's actually really funny because I did uh, debate in high school. So we thought it was all about negotiation, right? Um, I wish that when I was doing debate on my school team, I thought of it more as an educational opportunity to enlighten both teams versus a win-to-win -win situation. Um, so how can negotiators, uh, negotiators kind of see that positive light or how can someone see themselves as a negotiator? I think that's a really good question. So what I always say is, even though I've never met you, whichever listeners are on the line, you're a negotiator. You might not realize it, you might not be aware that you're negotiating every day, but really just start to look at your conversations and see how many of them are just conversations aimed at reaching an agreement. Now this could be an agreement on what you're gonna have for dinner or what's the next Netflix show you're gonna watch. It could be really basic principles, but it's still a negotiation. And so what I encourage people to do is just break down the definition of negotiation, look at how you're approaching these conversations and are you just thinking of them as a win-lose or are you trying to meet in the middle? Um, one of my, my best examples of one of the most fearless negotiators I've ever come across has to be my five-year-old niece. She is fantastic. You know, as children, we're very good at negotiating. We embrace it. We embrace all the opportunities. And I remember, you know, she must have been three years old at the time. And she got presented two options by her father. He said, you know, would you like, you can have milk tonight. Would you like it cold or would you like it hot? And she just turned around to him and said, warm daddy. So again, you've seen these two binary options. Neither of them were the ideal solution for her. And she was creative enough to think of a third option and recognized on the spot, that's a very easy concession for, for her father to give up, but it means that she gets exactly what she wants. Now that's a really, really basic example. But again, if a three-year-old can do that and recognize that the options on the table don't meet her needs, as adults, we can also do that. And the stakes are so much higher than the temperature of a glass of milk. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, as sexist as that might seem, um, women are seen as kind of pushy or bossy or needy when they're asking for things. So if we're talking about women in specific, why is it important for more women to get involved in this field? That's a really great question. I'm glad you've touched on it. I know we've only got 20 or 30 minutes today. Um, but I would say from a really young age, you're absolutely right. Um, men and women are socialized very differently. So with men, there's a lot of honest overconfidence where they're encouraged to advocate for their worth and really stand up for themselves. Whereas women, um, there's very much a communal upbringing where we're taught to care and advocate for other people. 
um, but not so much for ourselves. And certainly the way it's received is very different. And that's what I always encourage any managers or professionals to do is think about how you're perceiving and how you're encouraging the women versus the men your team to advocate for themselves, for their pay or the opportunities that they have. Um, what I would say in terms of, you know, why it's so important for women to do so, men are four times more likely to negotiate their salary than women. And this is where that you know, million dollars over the course of your career really comes to life. So think about your network and think about just asking them, have you ever negotiated your salary? Ask that question to the men and women and you'll see that statistic will come to life. Um, I think it's, you know, it's really important, regardless of whether you're a man or a woman, that you're encouraging your team to negotiate and to stand up for what they're worth. And you're recognizing any bias that you might have in terms of if a woman asks versus if a man asks. Yeah, and I think that's something I need to keep in mind too as I start into the job field. Um, it's something we all need to learn just in general as we begin working with employers um, for different companies. But for some of our student-run organizations, what are some examples of effective negotiation that you've seen and how can it play into their social justice movements? I think that's a great question. So often when we think of an effective negotiator, we go straight to the dominant media portrayal. So you've got some, someone, usually a man, suited and booted, usually aggressive fist on the table. And so it creates this really dangerous perception that you have to be aggressive, you have to have your voice heard to be an effective negotiator. Really, what our challenge is, some of the most effective negotiators will leverage emotional intelligence. So they will take the time to plan ahead of the meeting, to consider the mindset of the other party and ask open questions and um, foster open communication to understand more about the other person's position. So regardless of you know, what's at stake in the negotiation, by taking the time to understand more about the other party's perspective, you're gonna be able to far more effectively position yourself in a negotiation. So, for example, for some of the student-led organisations that you mentioned, think about what it is you're trying to achieve. Maybe it's greater exposure for your student-led organisation. Maybe it's even funding. Um, think about what it is you're trying to achieve. Then consider yourself in the shoes of the other organisation. What would they have um, to gain from giving you that extra funding? What would they have to gain from giving you that extra exposure? And there's also often a, a lot that they can gain from it. It's great for their reputation, especially if it's social causes that you're advocating. It's great leadership development. There's a whole host of different benefits. But again, it's taking time to think about the other party's perspective. And when you're creating the proposal, making sure that that addresses those needs. Yeah, and as a student founder and CEO of my own nonprofit, I think I can definitely attest to that. Um, when I was pitching to my suitcase companies that I was working with for my nonprofit needed but forgotten, uh, I switched my tactic midway. At first I was like, our organization can do this, we can provide this. Um, and then after talking to my dad, who's also an entrepreneur, he told me it needs to be you centric. You need to focus the conversation on them. How are they benefiting um, and what do they get? And since that changed, um, I was able to gain a lot more traction. So definitely attest to that fact that that piece of advice works for all <laughs> of our student organizations, um, leaders out there listening today. Um, so we did touch upon, upon salary negotiation, but what are some other negotiation um, aside from salary? That's a great question. So it really depends on what stage you are in your life. So you gave that really wonderful example, Alicia, in terms of the not-for-profit that you're running for. Um, I will go back to salary negotiation just for a second, because often when we think of negotiating a job offer, we just focus on salary. 
that's you know, mm-hmm. to be honest for a lot of people the most important component but particularly if you're early on in your career something that might be really important as well could be investment in your learning and development so particularly in the current covid environment if salary negotiations are off the table you could explore well you know i'm actually really interested in exploring this prof- professional accreditation would you consider investing in this or maybe if you're doing um, studying alongside your professional role you could ask for additional days off for study leave or for exam days that don't come out of your annual holiday entitlement so just to touch on salary very briefly it it's only one component of a much broader package so recognize that in terms of other conversations really wherever you are in your life there are opportunities to negotiate i mentioned about you know with your cell phone provider it could be with your parents in terms of you know during covid when you're taking lessons at the moment who gets what room who's ended up in the bathroom while someone's in the guest room (laughs) (laughs) it really could be anything and the reason i say just really think as broadly as possible about all the conversations about everything that matters to you think about how negotiation could play a role Um, you know really basic examples such as household chores if you're with siblings and you know one of you really enjoys ironing goodness knows who that would be uh, one of you really enjoys (laughs) cooking then when you're living in a household why would you just say let's split it 50 50 and you do half the cooking I do half the cooking you do half the ironing I do half the ironing have that conversation if you've got a strong preference either way of course it makes sense for one of you to take on the entire cooking and one of you to take the entire ironing now these are real trivial examples but what i'm trying to illustrate is by embracing negotiation it could be really small stakes conversations but it can accumulate to have an enormous impact in our lives so really think about what is important to you and how can you use negotiation um, to, to really achieve the life that you deserve yeah and we don't think of those mundane things as negotiation such as chores i mean if i had that conversation with my brother, I think I'd be doing a lot less of the chores <laughs> or the other way around. But um, I think if those skills are honed in at a young age, then we can accelerate them and bring them to the job field when necessary. Exactly. And, you know, again, think of the children in your life. Children are amazing negotiators because they're so creative and they're not willing to just accept the first offer on the table. And I would say one thing about children, they usually go for that opening extreme response. You know, if you've ever offered pocket money to a child and they come in with a million dollars, you'll recognize that, you know, they have very much have that response of extreme, but you've got to admire their creativity. You've got to admire the fact that they embrace negotiation. And it's something that we have this innate ability when we're younger, we're doing it all the time, whether it's an extra episode of Paw Patrol or five more minutes on the swing or an extra half an hour before bed children are doing it relentlessly but we're socialized particularly as women but mainly as adults over the course of our life to to not negotiate to not stand up and what I'm really saying is it doesn't have to be a win-lose situation you can create tremendous value for yourself and the other person simply by embracing negotiation whether it's buying a second-hand car or upgrading your phone early or halving the cost of your wedding or even you know, if you're going with your student-led organisation for a meal once COVID's over, you can negotiate a team discount when you go there, you know, an extra tray of starters to be thrown in. Think as creatively as possible as you can and you'll see the world is negotiable. Wow, that's amazing. And I hope we have many, many listeners out there because this is great advice for everybody, whether you're a child or an adult. Um, Donna, we do have time for one last question. What is your favorite part of having a voice as a negotiator? I really like that question. So my favorite um, 
from having a voice up, to be honest, I'd say it's actually having ears to listen to all the stories. So what I'm finding is when I give examples of negotiation, people come to me afterwards and say, hey, I never thought of this example, but I've been able to negotiate this. And, you know, there's been so many amazing examples from around the world where women have reached out to me and said, I never thought about negotiating with my husband before, but you know what? I've actually, I've actually managed to get that he looks after the kids these days of the week. And, you know, what I'm finding is that, you know, when people open their eyes to negotiation and when I start to share my stories, people give these amazing examples that you wouldn't instantly go to as a negotiator, but suddenly it springs to life. And you'll know yourself, Alicia, I, you know, I launched the This Is What A Negotiator Looks Like campaign and I've been able to reach amazing women such as yourself from around the world that are saying, this is what negotiation means to me and this is how I'm using it to transform my life. And, you know, it's so amazing for me to hear that because still when I go to Google and I type in negotiator, I see the same image. And what I'm trying to do is change that dialogue and show that anyone can be a negotiator, any age, any gender, anywhere in the world. You are a negotiator and you have the opportunity to embrace negotiation in every aspect of your life. Thank you so much, Don. I think you're doing an amazing job of breaking down those stereotypes of what a negotiation a negotiator is and what negotiation is and redirecting the conversation very helpfully. Thank you very much. <laughs> of course. You can find at LaunchNeg on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, as well as Launch Negotiations Workshops at www.launchnegotiation.com. That's all we have for today, and be sure to look out for more episodes on our professional perspectives on what cause inspires you. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and I hope you guys all continue changing the world.